Welcome to the Absurd Podcast. I'm Alex Neb. I'm here with my co-host Andrew Dady, and today is a reoccurring guest, Dr. Francesc Javier Morales Garcia oh, yeah. de la Rosa de la Fuente. De la Fuente. De la Fuente. But that's a that's a long story. Cat, about Cat, the, Catalan freedom fighter. I'm not sure we have enough tape to be able to uh, get through his titles. Well, he's here because it's Thanksgiving. It's the mm-hmm. technically it's Saturday, November 28th. It's been a couple of days since Thanksgiving, uh, so we're all. He's in town for Thanksgiving, so naturally we're going to have him on the podcast. And he leaves tomorrow, so we figured tonight was a good night. Yeah. That's it. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. We're uh, honestly uh, very uh, lucky to have you back. We're thrilled to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm I'm an ally. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you hear hear something in my voice, it's because the night before Thanksgiving is high school night. That's when you meet your friends from high school at the bar. Then there's Thanksgiving night where you have to deal with shit from five o'clock in the morning all day, and then you drink till two o'clock in the morning with the after group party. Then the day after Thanksgiving is leftover nights, which then leads to more drinking, and now it's night four of this. I mean, this Thanksgiving is is like a Muslim fucking wedding. It's four days long. It's very, it's very, it's very taxing. Uh, very taxing. Yeah, but you've been <laughs> traded for the world, right? Well, I'm happy to be see here. See some people that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, for sure. It's good to see you. Where the fuck have you been? What do you mean? Where the fuck have I been? I, dude, I've been around. I've just yeah. been working like a fucking dog, man. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Honestly, yeah, no. money yeah. never sleeps. No. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. <laughs> last time we, last episode we had was right before the election. I think a few days before. And, Sounds about right. And we ca- our, you know, we cast our votes about what we thought would happen. And if I believe correctly, what we said was it's gonna be a lot closer than people think because, as usual, the media lies to everyone and and. And at least as far as like, uh, what is it called when you ask people for their opinion? Those opinion polls, whatever. Those those gallops aren't highly accurate, especially in in a world where you pay a high price for being honest about what you believe in. Especially if it doesn't tow the uh, yeah the line. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy to say I'm voting for the person that you don't pay a social price for voting for. Preference falsification. Yeah. Hat tip to uh, Tim Urquhart. Yeah. What's up? If you want to be our guest, we've got a doctor on several times, well, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Happy right. to have another PhD. I mean, more or less where I was that night was I was watching the election with my dog, you know, because that's the electorate. I don't think Brandy would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, fucking, I was like, wow, okay, looks like he's, it looks pretty good. I mean, I mean, for him, you know, for Trump, it was like, he's, 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 got, he's doing really well in all these states, but then... But then it turned. Apparently, there were just millions of mail-in ba- ba- ballots, and and of course, I would believe, I would assume they're legitimate. I'm not one of these people who wants to like start like slinging mud on like the integrity of the American electoral system. Like, oh, everything's a plot against America. I mean, so assuming it was all legitimate, yeah, it just sucks. You know, the if there wasn't for the pandemic, which would have then incurred the mail-in voting, massive mail-in voting, then there would be nobody talking about voter fraud except for Trump regardless because no matter what, even when he wins, he says there's voter fraud. Sure. When he won, there were millions of fake Mexicans voting. Now that he lost, he says it's all voter fraud. But yeah, I mean, what was amazing to me was like before the election, every Democrat was saying China and Russia are fucking with our election. You cannot believe the result because they were afraid they were going to lose. For four years. And then when they won, all of a sudden nobody... Well, said, yeah, an election could never be tampered And Ben with. Shapiro was showing these polls. Uh, what more or less happens is that everyone's a hypocrite. He shows he showed the polls from 2016 and the polls from 2020. Before the election, if you feel like your guy's going to lose, you think elections are illegitimate. And then when he wins, you say, democracy, baby, works every time. And like, and so, and the, the shift is like from 40% to 80%. Like, like before an election, people think they're going to lose, say, about 40% of them believe in democracy. And then after they win, 80% of them. Yeah, naturally. So, 
So I'm not here to say like, you know, one person is more full of shit than the other. I mean, these people, these partisans at the end of the day are very problematic. Uh, I think only the independents and the third party people really are, are seeing things clearly. And not the people who vote that way, but just say the people that are naturally independent in, thinkers, yeah. the contrarians, the people who don't necessarily. But yeah, know. those mail-in ballots came in. They fucking fucked them in the ass. I mean, but still razor thin margins. I mean, like, you know, yeah. And I mean, I, as we're kind of seeing now, there's there's uh, a lawsuit that was filed by the GOP in Pennsylvania that has been elevated to an appeals court and has been mm-hmm. uh, confirmed or affirmed. Um, for yeah, the no lower court's, de- court's decision that says that a lot of the ways that the mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania were handled are actually most likely in violation of Pennsylvania's constitution. I can't remember which. There's a few states where you're allowed to send in post, post, post-election ballots, which to me is very problematic because if you don't require a post stamp on your ballot, right. then we don't know if we did this after the fact to make up yeah, the difference. Yeah, signatures matching, yeah, postmarks, so, you know, this so, and the other. <sighs> But yeah, so but, I mean, I'm not, but, but I'm not. But, gonna, but I'm not going to go down that road. You know, like I just have to assume, like because to be honest, it kind of resonates with my gut, which is that it was going to be a lot closer than we thought. And this is, here's nothing for the podcast listeners to listen to hear. Trump increases share dramatically of women, no matter what color they are. Every minority, segment, blacks, every Hispanic, segment. Chinese, Muslims, everybody, everybody, Except for white males only. And by the way, white males, most white males are what? Straight. So we got straight white males. And who votes disproportionately? People with money. So we have straight white males, heterosexuals, sorry, sorry, straight white males with money turning against Trump because they're feeling bad when they're going to the country club now. They feel like they're, these are the people who, who wore Canadian flags after 9-11 when they went fucking backpacking through Europe because they were too ashamed to admit they were fucking American. Those voters, which, by the way, that's their prerogative, they turned down by about five, five uh, like, like about 5% less of the of Just that enough. Just enough to tip it. And uh, so that was, to me, like a very interesting story. So, yes, thank you, straight white men, for saving the day, so to speak. I love I, rubbing that one in my I friends' guess. faces. Another one was, uh, I mean, just again with those, with the, with the, it just blows up the identity. Demographics are not destiny, and, and the idea they are is, is, is so stupid. Like uh, the 85% Loretto County in Texas went overwhelmingly right. Republican. Yeah, which is like Miami a, almost a, went a, fucking a Republican. 97% Hispanic district. Yeah. So it's just out of control. I mean, the, the funny the funny thing about that, though, I mean, is realistically, I I think, and I understand like wanting to protect the integrity of elections and not like believing too much in all the hype, as it were, that uh you know this this could be overturned. But if Pennsylvania does decide that those mail in ballots were cast illegally, based well, he's at three hundred six, right? So getting rid of twenty would put him at two eighty six. You're right. Okay, but then again, the same kind of lawsuit is going on in Michigan right now. So, if those two states do basically go back into play, if you will, yeah. the state legislatures actually decide. What do you think's worse, though, for democracy? Oh, first of all, I'm not like th- no, I'm there's just, no judgment there. No, I'm asking. You oh, it's way as, worse as, for it, of okay. course. But here's mm. the problem: is that like I actually want there to be a free and fair election, and I want there to be some sort of consensus and i don't think that you can have a consensus where one member of a 50 state constituency can change their rules at the 11th hour which is essentially what pennsylvania and others did to be able to allow these late voters and you know um kind of circumvent the tradition that we've had for a long time in order to we're not that late in the game yet either i mean Previous elections in the last 20 years haven't been decided till December 18th. Yeah, well, and so, that's the other. I mean, so, so. Pennsylvania last uh, election didn't certify until December 12th. And uh, that was a main part of the decision for the lower court judge. He said that um, 
it almost seemed like they had kind of skipped past certain regulatory issues with certifying the mail-in ballots in order ballot to stuffing. circumvent the court's decision. So the court was like kind of like sitting there waiting, like hearing all the evidence and everything, and the Secretary of State was like, "Nope, we're good. All right, let's do it." Yeah, I'm just and he go- did it like 14 days before they had done it in the most recent election term. So, yeah, there's certainly there's a motivation for for winning an American election, right? I mean, if if Russia's willing, for example, just to pivot, if if Russia's willing to fuck with like Slovenia's election, a country which in my opinion doesn't matter right and so, <laughs> not exactly a player on the global stage yeah. so there's infinitely more character motiv- motivated actors to engage in malfeasance to to fuck up an american election but to me like again i i want i voted for trump because i actually wanted him to win over biden because of the things that biden is representing and also the fact that he's in cognitive decline but at least if trump goes away well now you know, I can go back to just like dunking on people in power and fucking and, sure. and getting and getting rid of this like this bulldog in, in the White House who was getting much better at his job towards the end, in my opinion. But but whatever. I mean, I this will all be settled in the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, we have real problems. I actually don't think it's going to be. I think that there's a, a very fair chance now that the the appeals court in Pennsylvania has affirmed the lower court's decision. I think that that kind of lays a groundwork. I mean, as much as you could say, like this is we've talked about this like in our election episode where we were like, you know, I don't understand why we even pay attention to time zones as far as like having results come out before certain states have closed. Oh, that's that's their, that's their that's, poll- uh, that's voter suppression. Post, right. Posting the election on TV, right, is voter suppression because you are influencing people. Four states away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so I think that there's a fair chance. That I voted with, stickers too. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> with, the, with the precedent that Pennsylvania possibly may set here where they're like, okay, no, this actually goes against our constitution. And so we're going to have to revisit this and see where we're going to end up here that other states might follow suit just again to, to try to reinforce like the sanctity of our institutions. I'm just more engaged right now with the Senate race in Georgia. You know? And so mm-hmm. what ends up happening, though, as a result of that is that you're not necessarily going to see a clean kind of resolution to any of this. You're going to have people on both sides that feel vindicated for various reasons. But there are some points to be scored here. I mean, let's just say it comes out and people just accept that, that Trump lost. Isn't it fucking amazing that the day before the election, every fucking business in all these liberal states boarded up all their Times Square was boarded up right. like, like the, we were getting invaded by sure. Koreans in a hurricane. Yeah. And, and they go, oh, because of unrest during the election. Unrest from who? All those, all those neo Nazis living in New York. What are yeah. you talking? No, it's their own people. Eighty million, <laughs> eighty million votes cast for Donald Trump, and there wasn't a single riot in the streets after he lost. Yeah, because, because not one. Because they go not back. To, because what do people who tend to vote right tend to do? Whether they're rich or poor, they tend to just go back to whatever it is they were doing before. Right. Because here's the thing: <laughs> generally speaking, they vote their principles, and their principles are leave me the fuck alone. Like, let me live my life. I'm going to either be successful or not. And I just don't want the federal government infringing upon my rights to mm. do as I please. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how it goes. But uh, to, just to sew up what I was saying before. So if Pennsylvania then decides that these uh, ballots were cast illegally, they remove all of them from the uh, the process, goes back into play. I think that you could see that in other swing states as well. Th- yeah. And what ends up happening then is that if no candidate gets 270 votes it goes to the house of representatives the house of representatives the rules are very clear each candidate or i'm sorry each state gets one vote and it's decided essentially by the state legislatures and right now the republicans have the majority of state legislatures 26 <laughs> can, to 23 well, this is what i'm getting at like think of the narrative even if trump loses this was not a victory for the democrats 
they, they oh, it's a resounding defeat. They, they, they lost. They lost every fucking house. They race lost. That they they, they lost they were, seats right. in the house. It's crazy. They did not overturn the Senate yet, and they and they uh, and 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 all these minorities voted right wing, and or and, and, and fake minorities like women. I mean, like they all these people voted against supposedly their interests, and the elites don't know what to do with this. Yeah, of course not. And well, they so, lost control of the so narrative. This, and, and also, and the, and the right-wingers didn't ride in the streets. So it's all, to me, the narrative actually is pretty good for the right. Even if Trump loses, like, okay, he lost by razor-thin margins, and that was pretty fu- I mean... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a massacre. I mean, realistically... The media like said the it was dem- going to be a blowout. They said it was going to be 49 states. It was, they said it was going to be like Walter Mondale versus fucking like Reagan. When I know? say this, though, I don't mean that it's going to... Obviously, like, the election... Let's just say Biden wins. Okay, fine, great, cool. But what it costs you down the road is going to pay dividends for Republicans from now until 2030-some-odd because... Well, I don't if, want... Okay, go ahead. Because the Republicans are going to end up having control of redistricting, uh, redistricting for Congress, and they're going to gerrymander the fuck out of it. In, 20, and so, in 2022 th- as yeah, well. Yeah, and they're never going to lose an election as far as like the House of Representatives, which they'll inevitably retake in 2022. They're going to hold the Senate because Ossoff is a money-burning machine, and the guy doesn't have a principle that he could find in a fucking closet, okay? And... <laughs> and Realistically, who's the other bitch? Uh, the uh, Leffler, Kelly Leffler, is running against uh, Raphael Warnock, who is a communist. I mean, he's like, when he was a pastor, he was giving sermons and, like, invoking the name of, you know, such hits as, uh, oh my God. Jesus was a the socialist? Di- the dictator of fucking Cuba. What's his fucking guy? Fidel guys? Castro. Fidel Castro oh. and, and others. So, I like, say Batista, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fair enough. Nice. Historian. I like it. Nice. But yeah, so, like, I mean, there's just no path forward where the Democrats can actually celebrate this win. Well, you've yeah, got, I agree. Stand but, in that, but, that's not, but the mainstream media is is going to pretend like it was a slam dunk because they have to save their face. It's like, oh, good, we won. I'm like, the presidential election is more than just the president. It's all these state legislatures and everything of else. Of course. And so, yeah, that... Either way, I, yeah. I think it it's was... It's called st- winning the battle and losing the war. I don't want to... I don't want to be... I don't want my political... I don't ever want to end up in a, in a position where my political doctrine is anti something it's like you know i stand for ideas it's not just against ideas i'm not just saying like fuck everything and i have no better alternatives i'm not just anti-left but it is it always bothers me when the left can't like can't get out of its own way and like and and they just don't learn from any of these lessons and this is also just another election that i don't feel like they're learning from and we'll see what happens policy wise and we'll see i mean here's another one look at the policy the number one policy that they've articulated since almost winning the election if you want to put that way is we're going to clear, clear off student debts. Now, a couple things about that that we've mentioned before in the podcast. One, there's no such thing as clearing off student debt. It's taxpayer bailout. So we, the same people say stop bailing out the rich want to bail out the most privileged members of our society, statistically speaking. 80% of student debt is held by the top 25% of wage earners in the country. Oops. <laughs> and so, and, like, That's I, an and I don't deny fact. the fact now, if you want to like change a new system, of course, wholesale reform would be Get rid of government backs because student debt has a, is a two part conversation. One is what do you do with everyone after the day after tomorrow? It's the same thing like we're talking about like any uh, talking about like entitlements like social security. Like you're talking about student debt crisis. First off, any new students, anyone who's going to go to school starting next year, we have to we have to just make uh, government back loans illegal. They can't exist, so that way we can have a marketplace. But then. What about the people that have already bought into that stupid system? Now, those people, respectable people like me and you that have paid off our student debts, there are less fortunate people who have tried and they're struggling to pay off their student debts, respectable people. 
I know people that make $50,000 a year, they're trying to pay off student debts, and it's a hard road. And I know people that make $400,000 a year, they're do- doctors, but they're you know, $450,000 dead, and they're, they're playing the, I'm going to work for 20 years, and then it'll be written off because that's the way the law is written right now. Uh, but there's a lot of people just, you know, took out $200,000 a year to get like a, ma- to get, like, art a, degree. a master's degree in fucking art. And they were like, oh, wow, no <laughs> one's hiring today at the art, all the art firms. <laughs> and, um, and so do I feel sorry for those people? Not particularly. Not at all. <laughs> but, Not at all. I, I, but, I have no combustion. But if you're going to bail out the future, you have to also bail out the past. In that, for example, just like with drugs, if I legalize drugs tomorrow or decriminalize all drugs, that also means I have to take the people from the past, the quote-unquote morons who made bad decisions. Right, make them whole. And I have to make them whole, which means you're all out of jail and all your fines are vacated. Sure. Yeah, I have no problem with that so, so the So the real issue here is the fact that the, is that the liberals and the left in America are unwilling to articulate this like cogent, fully encompassing, contextualized argument. They just want to do something. They want to say something that sounds good and they don't want to do all the extra work, which is... Yeah. Admit your failure of your policy because this what the, what any bailout is is a is is a is a vindication of oh sorry like a, all the critics yeah, who it, said it, that this is a bad yeah policy. the people who said forty years ago don't do this it's going to create this problem down the line right no no but we, they wanted to get those votes forty right. years ago and they did it and they've been doing it for forty years and now they're like okay uh, this is how every policy works like oh here's the problem I'm going to look at the symptom and not the root of the problem okay now I'm going to fix it with this government intervention oh wow I'm not fixing the problem I'm just treating the symptoms so now I'm going to magnify the rent control these other fucking policies government backed student loans it sounds good everyone should go to college everyone's going to be everyone's going to have a master's degree wouldn't that be amazing no you'd have Spain you'd have Greece you wouldn't have a fucking it doesn't do anything and um, what we need is people able to to function in society and, and, and be prosperous enough that they make enough money to not only pay their bills but accumulate wealth and go on vacation and, and have a life and and yeah, they, they're they're not. Good. They're the the left. Even if they manage to pass this student bailout, it won't change the fact that you're going to need another one ten to twenty years from now. Of course not, because they're not going to be able to do all the wholesale reform, which is to ultimately cut off funding to a lot of very reliable voters. The most cynical of all these things is that bailing out vote college college students is saying let's bail out not just wealthy people but wealthy liberal people, because right. the, the overwhelming majority of college students. And people holding student debt are also liberals. Yeah, and so high price you're, you're liberal p- arts education. So on one hand, that you, ended up as journal so, journalists. So on one hand, you have to like you have to give people credit for like being like like at least having some form of strategy. Which is like, well, we should take care of the people who take care of us. I totally understand that, but you're a hypocrite, and all your I care about people shit is just that it's talk. And See, I told you vodka neb is way better <laughs> than wine neb. Yeah, <laughs> but percentages. It's, no, it's, it's just too transparent. I mean, like, uh, it's it's just really bad, and like. I hope Biden enjoys the, like the last year of you know his first three months of being president before like Kamala Harris you know like knocks him over the head with a fucking hammer or like triggers the amendments. Like, Hillary, oh, let oh. me get the number of that guy you used. <laughs> oh oh he, no, he's oh oh, oh he's too, he's un, he's unable to execute the office. Oh my, if she becomes president during his term, could you imagine how what do you, you're going to vindicate we, every right wing person? Let's ever. put this out there for the the listeners, viewers, etc., and then also for us. Let's put a number on it. How many months do you think it's going to be into the Biden presidency before they invoke the 25th? Because here's the thing: now that they've won the office of the president, really all they need to do is they need to push him out of the way so that they can enact whatever agenda that they actually want to go with, right? So he was again the placeholder president, returned to no- normalcy, like even keel candidate. Good. You won the fucking executive branch. But 
how long do you think it's going to be before they're like, look, look at all these gaffes, the gaffes that they wouldn't talk about during the election season. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to highlight them at every fucking turn. They're going to be like, this guy can't do shit. He doesn't deserve to be in the fucking oval. Let's go ahead and let's invoke the 25th. Yeah. Put Kamala in uh, in there and let's let's get this ball rolling. Well, winning and ruling are two different things. I learned that from Tywin Lannister. But, <laughs> but um, real quick, I mean, what is your grasp of all this, Francis? I see you've been smoking your cigar, thinking thoughtfully yeah. on all these amazing things that I've been saying. Like Winston Churchill. What is your grasp of the situation? Whatever well, aspect I, you want to talk I, about. I follow the, the, the elections with interest and I will say with no surprise at the same time. Uh, because... So, Many of these things were like they could be foresight pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Um, we have yet another step in this uh, spectacular uh, spectacularization of, uh, of American elections. That, by the way, um, you have to understand that this is something that is going on also in the entire planet. So the entire planet follows the American elections as if it was a uh, Olympic Games or something like that. I'm not saying anything new, but that's something that started to be very, very clear and present since the Al Gore, you know, the Al Gore situation sure. with Florida. 537 votes. When, when <laughs> you know, in, in the turn of the century, basically, it became clearly um, uh, a worldwide spectacle. And, I mean, you can see that in small things, like, for example, that when they, they made a, some kind of, like, circus election in, uh, in Africa... Uh, reproducing the the voting for uh, Barack Obama or his rival, uh, because that's how the world sees the whole thing. is uh, It's basically a, a, you can use it as a translation of internal politics, especially in, in countries like Spain. So what, what happened more than ever is the identification of you have to be with Biden if you are in certain orientation, political orientation in 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 Spain. Uh, but more than ever, to the point that um, it was followed also aesthetically. It's, 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 it's a way to appear as a connoisseur of what's going on in the world. If you want to be like a knowledgeable person, you have to talk about that Wisconsin is a, is a key state. <laughs> Even if you don't know exactly what is Wisconsin. Mm. And Irony that, of ironies. <laughs> that never happened until even with Obama, for sure. But now it's more than ever um, uh, these these type of things. Of course, when you have these aesthetics on top of everything, uh, you're going to have a lot of situations where people are claiming that the the, the the votes were illegal, this type of thing. Because what 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 is relevant is Twitter and the CNN and the media. Basically, they are controlling the narrative. The, the, because the people they don't know exactly what they are doing. We have already like generations, not just decades, but generations with an accumulation of identifying personally with the person that they are voting or the candidate they are voting or the party that they are voting. And that's extremely dangerous. Yeah, they say I'm a supporter or a fan as opposed to, like, I'm just a voter. Yes, yeah. queen. Like, mm-hmm. uh, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> and, and and the whole thing of uh, what's do, what now the President Trump is doing, it's, for me, is clearly, and I say it's clearly because it's something that already happened in Europe, in, in several countries like Italy, Spain, Netherlands. Uh, the creation of a third, let's say, third space, political space, separated from the, the, the usual conservatism. Uh, and it's something that this country didn't have yet. I mean, we have something called Tea Party that apparently everybody forgot that existed. Like, the legend says that there was something called Tea Party. <laughs> and and didn't follow up part of the Republican Party because there was no phase that 
sure. could galvanize this this population or this uh, electoral uh, base. But now we have Donald Trump that he knows exactly what he's doing. He's not a crazy guy. He's not just a crazy guy uh, <laughs> using using Twitter very very poorly like a millennial. Um, he's a guy that knows that as soon as he is not able to be president in January 20, he's going to have a base of 80 million voters or maybe less. And then the United States will be a three-party system. That's what I see in but the next But it won't be parties. Where's this part? Is there going to be a new party? Is that what you're actually predicting? Yeah. So you think we're going Are you saying that the same thing that happened in Spain and the United Kingdom, where like you had two parties more or less running the show for 100 years, yeah. and then finally well, there's Spain a multiple... Well, Spain is not 100 years. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah, Spain, like, you know, 20 years, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, your democracy lasts about yeah, as long right. as like an American war in the Middle East. But the point yeah. is... Black Friday is older than a Spanish democracy. No, because this is like something that... Because it's, I'm, I'm one of these people that admits that I'm really bad at understanding the future. It's really easy to be an expert or pretend to be an expert about what's going on now. Huh. It's another thing to like accurately predict things that happen. But you as a historian might have a better grasp of like what trends do. You really think the American political machine, the thing that makes it almost impossible for third parties to run successful in America, you're saying Donald Trump is going to eventually pull and say, hey, fuck the Republican Party, fuck the Democratic Party. I'm starting a new party called the Fuck You Party and I am running again in 2024. Isn't that just going to be a spoiler effect or you think he's going to do better than like Ross Perot, better than 20%. He can get 30, 40%. I, I totally see that. It's not that, I mean, historians, we shouldn't project anything to the future. It's like, that's, that's about the historian. <laughs> it's not how you got your PhD. No, I know, but because, I'm saying like, uh, But we cannot do projection. I mean, we can do, of course, but it is not, it's not It's not a good uh, a good science. But I'm not doing a projection. I'm, I'm talking about what's going on right now uh, because that already happened. And if you pay attention to all the fiction that has been created in this country in the last years, it's we have a lot of examples where people are being trained to be fed up with the two-party system for good or for bad. And that's basically the preparation, sociologically speaking, of things that are going to come very soon. Like a third, like a real third, but in a third parliament, party. But but you but you still referencing parliamentary systems where it's easy at the end of the day, yeah. so to speak, compared to America, to get on the. I mean, once you get a certain percent of the votes and you're on the ballot, and you have and you have your local elections, and it, tri- it trickles up, and you can you. It's easier to create UKIP or Podemos or fucking. Um, yeah, in a proportional system, yeah. it's easier. Here, of course, it has been difficult forever. Uh, we also but, have like uh, regulatory uh, frameworks that prevent it too. You have like FEC, like minimums and things like that, where you can't even get on the debate stage unless you have a certain percent of yeah. this polling. You yeah, know, yeah, but you are still thinking in the world that had TV. Um, yeah, now there enough. are people that don't have TVs. The the mm-hmm. I mean, Donald Trump is a monster that never happened before in American politics. Uh, fair. And when I say Donald Trump, is also his family. Uh, I'm not saying that he's the gonna, he's the one running for the, sh- the next show. Oh, uh, but he's going to be one of his uh, uh, children. Well, if his children, they're idiots. I don't think they they should give it a shot. I'm thinking more in the female. Yeah, uh, children. No, I'm saying because Ivanka at least is like eloquent when she speaks, and people just can't help but be about it. But I would obviously much rather, as much as I want to see like more competition in the space, as a bid to normalcy. I would rather that guy with with the eye patch fucking run his like Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. Crenshaw. I mean, <laughs> that guy could just walk in with his dick and like in his hand and be like, "You guys interested?" Yeah, he's like, "Look at me, look at whoever the fuck the Democrats put, whatever limp dick person, whether it's a, an old old person like like you know you know Joe, I uh, I I marched with Dr. King. Just kidding, I was working at a segregation pool <laughs> like Biden, and you ain't black or or some young." Firebrand, like I'm one eighth Mexican, one seventeenth Chinese, and I that means I know something about something. 
you know, yeah, start like, playing the same tricks. Whoever they're, they're going to nominate, the like I feel like Dan Crenshaw can just walk in there and personality, like and like like run of the mill Republicanism alone and, and, and wipe the floor. But I don't know. It, it, I don't want to set up any election as a popularity contest. I, I'm sympathetic to <laughs> but, that but argument. Is. Yeah, like, exactly. right, exactly. And I'm sympathetic to his argument. I'm not sure that it's going to happen in like the the time frame that you're predicting, mm-hmm. which you didn't necessarily predict a time frame. But you're saying that. I mean, if we're looking at it as like far as Donald Trump being the, you know, the the the, the impetus to like move in that direction then i mean what are we thinking four years eight years something like that the next election okay i mean before the next election of course Uh, honestly i'm not optimistic that it's going to happen that quickly but i definitely do think that there is something to that because obviously like i do think that people are generally tired of the status quo you know they don't they don't they don't there's no faith in institutions Mm -hmm. i mean there is obviously a considerable amount of it but i mean there it seems to me that there is a likelihood that an outsider could potentially spoil in a way that changes the landscape. Well, I have a question. There seems to be like, for our Dragon Ball Z viewers out there, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking about when you talk about Trump moving away. Majin Buu was a monster, but he was just a regular kind of fat idiot monster with, who lacked the ability to accomplish the horrible things that the left pretended like he was going to do. Like, you know, when they uh-huh. call people like Trump a fascist, I'm like, Trump's not a fascist. Yeah, yeah. the fact he that likes, you're able to call him a yeah. fascist pretty much yeah. means that he's not a fascist. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If you're allowed to call someone a fascist openly in your site, you're not living under fascism. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but when they when when if Trump left the Republican Party, he would lose that moderating force of the Republican Party. I mean, that's why Trump actually more or less ran his entire uh, four years in presidency as like a pretty conservative president in some ways, but like but not not religiously conservative in many ways. It was just like it was just like traditional like okay, let's make some goddamn money, let's deregulate. Like uh, let's push back on some of these social issues, yeah, but was. not from a not from really a Christian point of view. It's just you know he just nominated like the judges stuff like that. I'm saying like if Trump leaves the Republican Party, well then now the Republican Party has lost that aspect of the Republican Party, so maybe they become a more virtuous party, or if you want to look at it that way. But then Trump, would that mean he would be he would he would rule or at least run as the candidate that he did in 2016, which was a more crazier like firebrand like populist shit like fuck you know whatever people want to accuse him of saying like you know racism or fuck the Mexicans or whatever the nonsense. I'm saying like when 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 Majin Buu, the when the when they when they separated him from uh-huh, Boo, uh-huh. what was left was evil Boo. The little yeah. the, like so without the moderating force of the Republican Party, couldn't that be? I'm almost like as excited as I would be for a third party. I would think that third party without the moderating influence of regular run of the mill Republicans uh-huh. would be far more extreme in yeah. order to stick out and like also like to be, appeal to their voters who actually care about those things. Yeah, I mean, is the mm-hmm. I mean, is the uh, a strong man one one. Type of creation, and and when you say that he he wasn't Christian or something like that, I, I don't yeah. know if you understood correctly. No, he's he's clearly a, a messianic figure for millions of people. No, in the that, United that, States. I mean, he had theological uh, advisors in the White House. Yeah, um, and he had. I mean, we everybody saw those images of people praying in front of uh, voting. Yeah, no, uh, I, a, a polling station. There are a lot of evangelicals in my wife's family, and they were very much about Donald Trump. And I and mm. I said numerous times, like, you got to stop worshiping this guy. Like even if you like what he's doing, he's not. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about you. And, but, <laughs> and even if he if he's not a fascist, uh, but he has something in common with Adolf Hitler. For me, it's a little when uh, people call him like Hitler. It's like Hitler, blah blah. Who had twenty three minutes on their bingo card? For me, it's, it's hilarious because usually it's like what you call here liberals. Uh, they say in this or liberal media at least. Um, but they, they don't understand how right they are. That's that's for me the the most the uh, ironic thing. 
there was a moment in the in the early 30s in, in Germany, uh, in the German Empire, uh, that the, the Nazi party arrived to its limits. So there was a point that, okay, we know that nobody else is going to be voting um, the, 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 Na the National Socialist Party in, in Germany. Uh, You're talking about the election when they got 2% or the election when they got like 30%? No, the election that when the maximum was like around thirty percent, gotcha. and it, it will it will be not longer uh, uh, like beyond that. But then is when Hitler started to run for chancellor of Germany. That's what people doesn't understand very well. Uh, he, it's not that the people were voting the party; the people were voting him, uh, and then they separate the 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 man from the party. That's sure. basically what yeah, happened in the mm. in in nineteen thirty three, and in nineteen thirty four we have all these institutions that they pledge allegiance to him. Um, so that's why it's so similar. The because, and we had other examples. But the deep state is anti-Trump. But but yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that this is going to happen like this year. No, no, but, no, no. But, no, I, no, but no, I'm no, absolutely. I mean, I'm absolutely sure. I, no, I like what you're what saying. It's very compelling. I like the right his, history lesson. It's basically what is going on right now. Is it's the case of Berlusconi? Is the case of Vox? In the case of with Santiago Pascal in Spain? Is it was the case with the UK party in 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 England? And everybody was like, "Ah, oh, laughing!" But now the United Kingdom is out of the. Who's European laughing Union. now? <laughs> and, and because these things happen, and people easily follow a person, especially in a world where you know social media is so prominent, uh, in, instead of like regular TV or regular newspapers. Well, there definitely is a third space. I mean, it's not lost to me that someone like Nigel Farage and someone like Donald Trump are both married to foreigners, you know, for uh -huh. example, like, and, and they don't have a problem with that because it's not about that. Uh -huh. You know, there's a... Well, you're not voting for their spouse. <clears throat> yeah, well, no, but I'm saying like, um, I'm just saying like, there's this whole, because of the rhetoric we've been shit fed by mainstream media and, uh -huh. and talking heads for decades, which is like, this is what a quote unquote problematic person looks like. And they and they generalize all these. They they find it hard to believe. Like we were talking about this at Thanksgiving. I'm like, they find it hard to believe that someone like my mom, who you know, escaped communism, but grew up in a country where you had, you know, Afro Cubanos and then mestizos and then some European like Cubans, would be more than happy to make fun of other minorities in the American context because she doesn't care about any of that. You know, that's not how she sees herself. And by dint of being Hispanic doesn't mean that she reflexively has solidarity with other people because that's not how the nation state operates anyway. The whole point of a nation state is to not have solidarity with your fellow man. It's to only think about, ideally, your fellow citizens in the, in the state. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I don't know, it's just, there's just little things like that. Like, like, there are similarities because you mentioned those leaders. That's why I was, I was saying like... Yeah, so, so that is, that's what's going on right now with... Uh, with uh, I mean, I don't believe that Donald Trump really believes that he's going to turn the election before January 20, but he's creating this fantasy in his uh, base that they can bail. Where even if by January 20, we have Joe Biden as the president, what do you think is going to happen? All these like millions of people, they're going to say, ah, turns out I was wrong all these months. Right, right. No, sure. they're going to keep believing that for decades. They're going to pass that to their children. Yeah, but even <laughs> now, like I hang out with my regular liberal friends at the bar and say, oh, remember when Bush stole the election? I kind of believe that that maybe did happen, you know, but it doesn't matter to me. It's like, like whether he stole it or not or whether it just really came down to the supreme court or whatever you want to look at it as like like how how actionable is that belief but i agree this one be much much more actionable because mm. of how enigmatic trump is and yeah but, well, but yeah it'd be interesting on. like if they, if they dispute the election enough to say well you know fuck it i'm, I'm ditching this party and if trump the next they said i'm now launching a new party called the you know this party and and you mm -hmm. know we'll see where it goes from there but, well, that, but it could just peter out too. Paul Daniels didn't last. Yeah. Okay. Fair. 
fair point. So, I mean, but I also want to like kind of not push back necessarily, but no, at least so like let's have a conversation quickly about the fact that like you say that like you thought that the Re- Republican Party was actually a moderating force for Donald Trump. And I just don't necessarily agree with that in the sense that, you know. Do you think Trump is a moderating force for the Republican Party? The Republican Party has generally, over the last, like, decade, two decades, been totally, like, controlled by neocons, right? That, you know, have, you know, absolutely no regard for the average citizen you know, just want wars and corporate power and this, that, and the other. Yeah, but I don't think that Trump is particularly interested in that. I actually, like, so this is like one of those things where people kind of like scoff when I say it, but I think that he actually governed in a more conservative way than even the Republican Party generally would. Well, that's what I said. I said he did, his his first term, like, was filled with just conservative, actual conservative ideas being put into practice. Right, so what I'm saying, And that led to, like, real wage growth, for example, for blacks. but then you attached that the Republican Party in some way has been kind of like a mitigating force in his like unbridled Yeah, I, I meant the original idea. like ethos of the Republican Party, not, okay. not right. these neocon fucks. I like, just wanted to... Who are on their way out, by the way? I mean, like, it's sure. really hard to find the neocons yeah, yeah, these right, days. exactly. They're all silent generation and fucking yeah, like, boomers so. that have not yielded power. But that, that I just wanted to yeah. get a little clarification on that because I really, I, I think that like this is one of the things that's like kind of united people on that front and why he was able to garner fucking 80 million votes but we're still doing the realignment since reagan since the reagan coalition ended i mean sure. like, in a post-cold war world where do you belong and that's and then and add the information age on top of that and the internet and then right this this whatever the fuck social media has done to us as a nation yeah. which is one of the things that honestly like i was actually kind of concerned about too um and it's actually a good topic of conversation i think is you know you brought that up where you're saying like now in this new environment with social media and this that and the other Mm -hmm. and you know all the shit that the media has been uh, feeding us for as long as they have like being able to actually like build a coalition outside of the republican and democratic parties is becoming less and less likely because you're seeing these crackdowns across all platforms where people can actually like trade ideas in the town okay, square. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about that, for example. Let's talk about par- parlay, like, as a, as a side. Like, you know, the fact that people are, are, are just... And, and also people that want to have them on both uh, stat. During the background, real quick, during the days leading up to the election, this has all been attested to now, openly, by the people running the show. The Biden story was gaining traction. The fact that clearly... Hunter, Hunter Biden. C- clearly. That, just to be specific. Yeah, Hunter Biden. But like, but but this this comes into using the family name. And for the record, Joe Biden is someone who spent his whole life in public service, but somehow has $20 million. Yeah. But then you look at how much he made during that time and how much he can make even if he was in the market. Right. At 8%. Yeah. We know we're near that. Right. You know? <laughs> a, a declared net worth of uh, uh, $2 million yeah. when he left the administration, yeah. the Obama administration. Yeah. And then subsequently in the next three years was able to pull in $18 million yeah. to increase his net worth to 20. So, so there's the point is like... There's, Interesting. There's this... Um, it's obvious that everyone gets fat and rich living, living the easy life with the government. But the point is, yeah, Hunter Biden was... Uh, you know, using the family name, and there were email chains with him, Joe Biden's fucking brother, and fucking Joe Biden, and all this dumb shit, and like, uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was corruption. Now, for the record, I admit, like, if you want to go down this war road, Donald Trump is also guilty of a shit ton of corruption. I mean, Absolutely, we have, we have the whole CIA staying at like his fucking hotel. You know, the only thing I was, I missed the good old days like when Obama had the CIA in Colombia staying at a, a non. What a hotel that he didn't own, and they all just got caught having sex with hookers, prostitutes. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that's yeah, a, that was amazing. But um, but yeah, fucking. But the the point remains: like, if you want to if you want to be a party that that rests rests on sanctimony, then you need to fucking you need to uh, you need to practice what you preach. Yeah, practice what you preach, and 
Yeah, and, and so they they repressed the story, and then and then the head of Twitter, Jack, what's his name, Dorsey, Dorsey, Jack Dorsey. Yeah, you know, he said, yeah, well, I didn't want to have a repeat of like uh, 2016, where like these these on, honest. And even like Glenn Greenwald said the same thing. Like, why well, he had to leave his own newspaper, the which Intercept. is fucking amazing, yeah. by the way. I've and honestly, I've, I've, I've found like some respect a, for him after some respect after yeah. like after years of him like 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 dunking on people like like uh, like Sam Harris, like calling him like a racist Nazi, even though it's right. clearly not true. Yeah, right. But, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Maybe the, all those years in Brazil has done something yeah. for him. Well, yeah, I, the I really point, don't. Well, he know. left his own newspaper because he's like they wouldn't let him run the stories about Hunter Biden. He goes, well. Like we have to report the truth, even when it's inconvenient. Uh-huh. And if we pay a higher political price for telling the truth than the other side, well, then we still have to report that as well. You know, we just have we can't just ignore things because they're yeah. they're problematic. Yeah, inconvenient, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's a limit to that. Obviously, like I don't think the media should report on Bill Clinton having affairs, rape allegations. That's different. But affairs on his wife, that doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, that's a personal. Yeah, problem. So that's a personal matter. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, before the end, yeah, so yeah, so all those those, Biden, those Hunter Biden stories were being fucking repressed, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. So that's so, what I was saying so, is that like yeah, really like controls. if you if you have, I mean, so obviously not with the traction that the Hunter Biden story was because getting now they can use like that, that to get but, rid of him. But Brett Weinstein, for example, the uh, professor from Evergreen <laughs> that was basically forced out, where like students who had taken over the campus were looking for him with like weapons in the parking lot, you know, trying to make sure they had a safe space at this like. Uh, honestly like otherwise unimportant college campus yeah um decided that he was going to start this uh this third party movement and he called it the articles of unity and what he wanted to do is he wanted to get someone who was well respected on one side and another person well respected on the other side and to form a ticket uh that could stand up to you know the I hate to use the term hegemony, but like mm-hmm. like the hegemony of the two parties that are supposed to be like in conflict with one another in order to actually have a party that works for the people. And Twitter straight up banned that account. Mm-hmm. It was called like Articles of Unity 2020 or something like this. And uh, it wasn't like they were like participating in any type of like um, terms of service violations where they were like doxing people or doing any of that. They were just basically saying... Who wants to get on board with us and say, like, let's just get rid of this, like, two-party system. Let's have a reasonable, viable third-party option. They banned the entire account. No reason was ever given. Uh, No ability to actually um, contest it in any way. And uh, it's still banned. And so they basically just wiped them off the planet. And I'm not sure that the the outcome would have been any different if he had tried to start it on Facebook or Instagram or any other social media platform. But the fact that we're not even allowed to entertain the option of a reasonable, moderate third party that you know isn't a war party or a party of fiscal irresponsibility that that really, to me, is, is something that I'm very fearful of. And I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that if you haven't already been able to galvanize a base of support like someone like Donald Trump has, there's no way that we're going to get to the point where mm-hmm. we can we can flip the script and, and change the direction of the country. Um, and obviously that comes with like significant other issues, such as the Donald Trump X factor, which is who the fuck knows which side of the bed he's going to wake up on, mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, uh, how he would choose to take advantage of the most extreme factions of his base of support. So, you know, like you were saying, like as far as like with the comparison to Adolf Hitler, 
I don't I don't see Trump as a as a Hitler figure, but I do see him as having that type of like mimetic kind of movement behind him where it's mm-hmm. like Yeah. If that ball gets rolling and people tend to as they are already be fed up with what we're seeing happen, I, I think there's a reasonable mm-hmm. chance that Yeah. But there, there, there could be a third-party movement behind someone like that, which is not the type of person that I would want to see be like the figurehead of a third-party movement. Because I don't think that gets us anywhere that we're not already at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 even more dangerous. Okay, so, but like coming back to the part, like because I got into the Hunter Biden thing, I saw a lot of my friends the last couple of weeks because they're very much like Pavlov's dogs. Like the media does their thing, and then they respond with a flurry of shit on social media, and then. Everything shakes down, the next news cycle starts. And so, instead of Proud Boys, it was about like people going to parlay. Here's how you know that a lot of people are going to parlay. The media started reporting on it, and they said, how do we attack this? Yeah, of course. And so, I had friends on Facebook, respectful friends, but um, they, my friend, who well, will be nameless, if you voted for Trump, please do me the favor and friend me or I will. I don't care if you're my family, friends, whatever. I don't need you in my life. By voting for him and supporting him, you're essentially telling me that my choice to love who I want and my beliefs mean nothing. Now, forget the fact that Donald Trump is the most pro-gay rights president who's ever ran on that and won an election. You know, not, Which is not a totally deranged... No, that's on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> So, because it's a fact. It's an inconvenient fact, but it's a fact, because that's how Zeitgeist works. Oh, I meant the friend. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, then on top of that, look at well, look at the next status. Unity, sure. right. Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah, exactly. You, Let's you get are, back you to are, the old ways of drone-bombing innocent you, people. You are intolerant. And, and then in the next status, all you scumbags on a pilot, oh, so go, good luck with your safe space. Safe space, they just want to be able to post talking and delete it. I've been banned so many times. My name on Facebook is Gohan fucking Tassadar. <laughs> fucking, like, I mean, because I keep getting fucking banned, and, like, it's it's totally ridiculous, and um, of course I'm not gonna go to parlay. When I when I decide to delete my Facebook, I'm just gonna do the podcast page full time because I have no time for anything else. It sucks, but that's where you have to be. Um, these people are going because they need a place where they can talk. Now, of course, once you create this alternative space, you are going to attract certain types of characters. But um, yeah, but I think that's but like good. people like but people like like Ted Cruz are going there too because because it's just like well, how can I participate? After the Supreme Court fucked up the PragerU versus um, Facebook decision, or YouTube decision, where the, the Supreme Court ruled that, they should have ruled, in my opinion, that social media websites are like newspapers. Because are you saying this? Because they're, Section 230. Thing. Because they're cur- yeah, because they're curating content. Yeah. And clearly they have a lot of power. As opposed to public forums, which they're not, because you can't post what you want on them. So it's not a public forum. This is Facebook is not 4chan. Twitter, which originally found itself as 4chan, is no longer 4chan. Obviously, they they fucked up. You know, six years ago when they changed leadership. But like, that, that that's where that's where they're at. And um, fucking fucking business calls coming in. I really gotta take this. Sorry, let's take this. So I was about to say something before when you said oh, that. Okay, uh, go ahead. About the, the Hitler comparison. Um, something that we, the scholars usually refer to in, in, that, in those last moments before Hitler becoming Chancellor of the German Empire is that we don't say that is, this is the Nazi Party ruling, it's the Hitlerian movement. That's, okay. that's how it's perceived. Sure. Um, actually, there are many people that will end uh, being part of the, of the German life sure. uh, that they were not in the Nazi Party because there is a point that you don't need to. Because it's always Hitler. The the army in 1954 is 
swearing an oath to Hitler, not to the Nazi party. That's when he started to be called Führer. Okay. Um, and and that, that's when I see the, the, the comparison where you can separate the man okay, from the party. Cool. I thought you said you didn't want to do this in the city. And that's, for me, what clearly is going on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, when, when, when in, in Joe Biden says, oh, can you say, please, that the, can you tell the Proud Boys to not do things? A reasonable person. Okay, got you. So don't yeah, one not. The right. a, a reasonable I'll person will say, "You talking? I won't go, but I'm not the honor president or the proud voice." Right. But what he said is like, "Okay, I'm, I'm saying the proud voice to stand down, like because he's not in charge of the proud voice, but maybe he believes he he could be in charge of the proud voice. That's sure, the problem. Sure, right, and maybe exactly. even the proud voice believes that he's in charge. Right. Uh, that that that's the that's for me is the definition of creating a, a movement. But yeah, no, I I, I totally get that, and. I, that's that's also it's a good way of kind of like uh, drawing an analogy that I didn't really have because I'm not a historian but like those are the the types of things that I'm seeing where like I am watching friends of mine that are no longer concerned with the values parts of the argument and more concerned with the the affect that mm-hmm. they're on that side you know they're in this this in group with other people like i mean just like you know in group versus out group behavior is obviously like an important part of like human development so like the same reason that when you're in high school you know you might sit there and make fun of the weird kid because he's not in but you are and you want to remain in there Mm -hmm. uh even though you have common cause with him in various ways um this is the same type of dynamic that's developing across the political spectrum where donald trump really like he is checking that box for a lot of people that have felt like they're left behind or that they're not really benefiting from the 21st century economy and like you know the the i don't know the 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 revolution that is like the information economy and everything else and so they're like okay yeah you know what this guy is going to be is a, is a fair representation of what i would do if i was in that same situation and it's like it, it's like you know like in contrary to Steven Pinker's argument that you know the better angels of our nature will always keep us on this like even keel and like the right track towards like you know uh, a more moral and more prosperous future for all people I think that it's actually not the case at all I think that these people are willing participants in what is eventually going to be just I don't know, like a moral travesty. Like, I mean, willing to absolutely, like, cast aside any, like, due regard for their fellow humans and, or fellow citizens in this case, let's say, or, or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if that's the right terminology, because honestly, we've got so many immigrants here that aren't citizens, but, (laughs) you know, just, just to follow dear leader. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I think you're right on track with that. I mean, that, that definitely mimics my perspective on things, but, um. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you how you captivate an already captivated audience, right? Like you have to do something to like move them back in the other way, and people aren't really that interested. I mean, you've got like, first of all, I mean, we're living in a gig economy, right? Where people are like, they're they're no longer invested long term, and even they're like their futures, like their careers. You know, they're like, okay, what nets me the best outcome economically for the time that I have to spend in the workforce. Um, not to mention that opportunities are evaporating all the time because of various reasons. But just the fact that they're like, you know, I don't really give a shit about a cohesive, 
United States of America, you know, and like these like values that have carried us through 200 plus years um, as the greatest nation in the history of the world. But like, how so is it? Yeah, so far, <laughs> so far. How is it that I can ensure my place in this country and not necessarily like at least paying even a small amount of lip service to what got us to this point. And I think that, you know, again, I hate, I hate to make the, the Hitlerian comparison, but like, how'd that work out for fucking Germany? You know, like, I mean, it, not well, like, obviously, like, we let them back in the fold, but, um, well, actually it was kind of awesome. It, it, it created more population. human suffering though, than we had seen in maybe 30 years, but that's just because technology... Well, if you're really sick, fuck, World War II is really great for, like, raising wages and empowering people, because when you kill a lot of people, you create a lot of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, supplies, You shortages. burn down the forest, you will get a lot of rapid growth. <laughs> if I burn down this whole neighborhood right now, you think they're going to rebuild this shithole? No. They're going to build something much nicer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, and, and honestly, that that's honestly a good segue. Do you want to talk about any of the policies that we might be seeing with the Biden in administration Wait, well, I mean, coming? Well, there's some interesting ones or well, things that we're talking about. I mean, obviously, in addition to the student debt debacle, um, he's said that he is not going to take the embassy back out. Of, now that it's been done and it's super convenient, he's not going to move the embassy from Jerusalem back to Tel Aviv. But he is going to re-engage with the Iranians, which kind of brings me to I can't even talk about that without talking about what fucking happened. Yeah. Like, clearly, uh, the Jews... Uh, Cheers. <laughs> yeah, Cheers. Yeah, fuck them. I mean, Cheers. Fuck them. Every dead fucking, you know, would-be terrorist. I mean, no. <laughs> any, any fucking nuclear... First off, I'm kind of with the opinion that maybe we should get rid of every nuclear scientist <laughs> who isn't going to get me... You and cool sci-fi related. Anyway, it's not going to get me anything like cool, like, sci-fi related thing, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Mossad, uh, according to the CIA, executed... <laughs> executed uh, uh, one of the architects of the Iranian nuclear program. Yeah, and they're specifically their weapons program. Yeah, this, this is why, like the media, the the media. He's just a scientist in yeah. his lab, yeah, 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 mixing yeah. austere, mixing blue and yellow, making green, and these fucking Zionist pigs come in yeah. and just blow. No, austere religious. Oh, what is it? Religious scholar. Uh, not Zarqawi. What, what was the other guy's name who was in charge of uh, the Islamic State when they blew him up? Uh, oh, Baghdadi. Baghdadi. Yeah, that is the Washington Post headline read austere religious scholar uh, so-and-so, al-Baghdadi well, that's horrible. murder, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, like, no, 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 this this, this guy wasn't sitting here trying to create clean energy for, like, yeah. the Iranian peninsula. He was yeah. like, oh, no, 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 let's make some bombs so we can wipe our fucking enemies off the fucking planet. And they got, they, he got iced! Like, well, I mean, obviously, the, everything, either way, the clock is ticking, because now that the, the Arab states have woken up, and they've realized that, because Trump, surprisingly, was correct and saying that if you're just an honest to be an honest broker requires that you be honest right and as opposed to like breaking honesty and he uh and he said like no we stand with israel duh we have more values with these people they're useful right. and uh, and we like them and that's that and get used to it yeah and then we're moving the embassy and we're done and and and, and everyone's like and if you do business with them then you can do business with us and that includes getting like like fucking raptors and whatever fucking military power you want to go blow, blow up iran so iran's panicking because everyone's getting in line and if saudi arabia could just fucking make the final move then Iran would have no choice but either slowly liberalize or do a last-ditch, full-hearty like invasion and lose horribly. Uh, because now America doesn't have to participate, Russia doesn't participate, the Arabs plus the Jews. I mean, there goes Iran because they're Persians, and that's that's old history for you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
little inside baseball there, but yeah. But, okay. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, like, so, but yeah, the loose ends are being tied up because, I mean, that's what we're seeing, things like Michael Flynn's being pardoned by Trump. Everyone's, it, it, as a lame duck president, you have to, like, things are happening very quickly sure. now because this is the last month to get shit done. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, Biden says he's going to engage with the Iranians, but he says he's going to renegotiate the uh, the deal. So, how is that different from when Trump said, fucking, like, two years ago, was like, we need to renegotiate this horrible deal. And like, you, how could you get out of this? If you get out of this deal, it's going to lead to war. Like, if you stay in this deal, you're definitely going to have war. Right. And right. Um, it's just a matter of time. And so, so yeah, there's like hypocrisy there. Um, so, that's one, that's one policy. Another one was, of course, well, stronger environmental regulations, which I'm always mixed about because I think environmentalism is supremely important. Or I, I should say, the environment is supremely important. Environmentalism is to the environment what academia is to knowledge. They're not always on the same side. Mm-hmm. But um, you can go back to the Paris courts, it won't do anything. What you actually need is a real deal that doesn't exist in a world where you have 200 countries. Yeah, not, especially so, not with emerging markets. It'd be curious to see, I mean, because, you know... Uh, Wall Street's making one bet, which is that we're going back to 2012, which means free money machine from the Obama administration. So they're kind of like, they were celebrating that, you know, Trump was good, but they think Biden will be even, even better because he's, more, predi- he's well, more predictable. He's and Biden's stated. basically come out and said already that Yellen, Janet Yellen, is going to oh, be that a was crazy. Treasury Secretary. Yeah, like you, take, like, the, you oh, take the Fed chair, the former Fed chair, and you're like, and now you're going to be, be in yeah. charge of the Treasury. Like, so much for these are all separate institutions. That's why we, we have to have a treasury. We have to have the Fed to and have it separate from the treasury because because these are separate institutions. Like you can't you took the head of one to the other. How do you think they're going to interact with one another? It's it's this right. it's a rubber stamp organization. Like to you print said, goddamn it's a money. big money club and you ain't in no it. you ain't fucking in it for sure. <laughs> so that was that was problematic. Again, I just feel maybe it's because like I'm watching my own grandparents die of Alzheimer's and stuff, and like I look at Biden, I'm like fuck man, you you're just like you you. I feel bad for the guy, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna do a lot of dumb shit in his last couple years of cogent life, and he's fucking. Yeah, I think the policy's gonna be bad, and uh, I, I, just, I give him fourteen months. But the reason yeah. why I even asked the question is that I wanted to talk more about, like, as you said, if you burn down the forest, mm-hmm. like, or if you were to burn down this community, you'd obviously have something Hypothetic- much hypothetically, hypothetically, mm-hmm. um, much nicer spring up in its place because that's just the way of progress, right? And yeah. so, like. The thing that is, I guess, problematic for me or something that I, like, kind of dwell on is the move towards a more uh, environmentally centric uh, policy position where, you know, they're saying, oh, you have to either retrofit all these buildings and this, that, and the other, like, taking pieces and parts of the Green New Deal. I, I don't want I don't want to end up in an environmental position where you do things like, so for example, the United Kingdom the other day said, uh, we're moving it up by 10 years as of 2030 or less than nine years from about nine years from now they're going to ban the sale of of, of, of new gasoline vehicles sounds great right doesn't really it's like getting, it's like making guns illegal it doesn't get rid of gun violence i mean so what's going to happen is people are just going to import cars from whatever of the countries that still around that sell new cars and they're going to just sell them. you're just going to make a bunch of people who whose job is to do import export and make them rich because now all these people are going to make two thousand dollars a car ship them to the uk because you can you can still do that and um you can I don't want life, regu- uh, finds a way. I don't want regulations like that where life finds a way. I don't want. I don't want to build a. Seems I don't want to build a wall. Like the time to build a wall was two hundred years ago. To build a wall now is stupid. You know, like it's like specifically what I'm getting at is like if you build a wall now, a ten foot wall, you have a twelve foot ladder. Yeah, we, and we do have. And even where we have the wall, what do you have? 
unmotivated Mexicans? No, they're gonna still fucking cut the horse. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they have the greatest incentive. Yeah, they have a great incentive to get over that goddamn wall. I mean, there's videos. My favorite is like their videos from the media, where like they're they're talking about the wall and they're at the wall, and then you see someone fucking just jump over the wall yeah. like a mattress. Yeah, right. And then I'm like, like, oh fuck me. And then the media's like. The president's saying we have a porous border. How can he say that? Look at these. Look at the structure we have. It's like yeah, dude so, in a catapult. <laughs> I, was like, I, was I was like, God damn it! And it sucks. You just try to do your job. You just try to spin a narrative and you get fucked. But yeah, I mean, I don't want. I want policies to actually work. So, and I don't want Solyndra either. I don't want people. I don't want the government just giving out money. I think if the government wants to, for example, build more chargeable stations, the government should not build chargeable stations. They should not give money to people who build chargeable stations. What they should do is not tax those people who build chargeable stations. They should not create extra regulations for people who charge chargeable stations. They should be able to just build... Charge- if if I own a plaza and you build chargeable stations, that should be the end of the conversation. Right. Not, oh, but we got to get the government $20,000 for us and get like a, the, you know, yeah. the oh, EPA out here. Uh, is there a burrowing yeah. owl in this parking lot? Do crackheads live here? Endangered crackheads? I mean, no. It has to just... <laughs> endangered like, crackheads. Like, we, have to, we have to just kind of go through... We have to go to that. That's where the government should be, and I'm totally okay with that. My problem with the the left and the right in America, and then the Democrat and Republican Party in America, is that is that they just embrace even just an ounce of more libertarianism instead of like interventionalism. They could accomplish their goals. Like, if you want to have less poor people, you have to get rid of some of these government programs. And if you want to have less abortions, you need to get you need to get rid of government restriction on abortion. And then the whole thing, the left and right. When you there's so much operational negativity, everything you do empowers your opposition. Because you're saying, oh, look at these, look at these scumbags are doing. We got to do the opposite, and that's bad too, because the trick is to do nothing, right? Ninety percent of the time, and like just like with COVID, like the best thing to do is like the Swedish model, like if you are vulnerable, stay home. Everyone else, go about your fucking goddamn business, because you're either not going to get sick, or if you get sick, you're going to survive. So fuck it. Like we're not going to make everybody poor. So I feel that way about environmental policy, a lot of things. Now, of course, there are things that need to be regulated. You should not be allowed to bilge dump your cruise ship in a fucking port. Or, or in the middle of the goddamn ocean, things like that. But, um, but overwhelmingly, the government is in the business of solving problems that it created, and and that's why we see policies like, oh, we got to do some of the student debt crisis. What's the great? Where was the student debt crisis? Eighteen fifties. How about the nineteen fifties? Didn't exist. Right. Oh, but we didn't have because we didn't have the government thing that, that, that precipitated the fucking pri- crisis. It's like the banking thing, like. You created this fucking monster. Yeah. You start. You create a fucking. You create a Federal Reserve. You create central banking, and then you create and then you create fractional reserve banking, and then and then everyone else fucking does it too. And then you're surprised. And then you say, oh, nobody can go out of business. We'll begin. The government should not be backing fucking any deposits either. By the record, it's problematic that I can deposit up to two hundred fifty thousand in like does a million different accounts. Like the government should not be backing loans. I mean, I'd be much rather. I wish Royal Palm, there was just the Bank of Royal Palm Beach. You know, like we should have local banking, small banking. Yeah, if you want to have international banking for like crazy investments in Richfield, that's fine. But that should not be where I make my deposits. Right. Mm-hmm. And um. Oh, anyway, I mean, going off a, little, a bit off the rails, but. Vodka no. <laughs> the government. Well, the government's bad. <laughs> Thank well, you for yeah. my TED talk. But, but this, this is why, like, it's a sad state of affairs. Where, like, reasonable, intelligent people, such as ourselves, at least I'm not going to ascribe my views to you guys, but I'll definitely come out and say it, that 
when people say to me, like, oh, wouldn't you want there to be, like, a unified government? Wouldn't you want the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial branch all to be on the same page? And I'm like, no, because these people are incompetent. Yeah, you like gridlock because you think the people in it. charge are, are either are either incompetent or evil. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's a very great cynical point of view, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And at this current point, uh, current point in this great American experiment, I think that it's the only reasonable way to go forward. I would much rather have... Or to go nowhere. <laughs> that's fine. Because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I've also done the work that it takes to become useful in society, create an economic advantage for myself, and I'm happy to enjoy all the trappings that accompany it. You know, I, I feel bad when I see somebody like who's panhandling on the side of the road. I definitely, my heart bleeds for them in a certain sense, but I also am cynical about it, and I want to know yeah, what there brought them to that point. Yeah, exactly. And I don't necessarily lose any sleep over it because, hey, we all make choices in life, and turns out, if you're at that point in your life, you probably should have made some better decisions. Now, I think there should be some sort of, like, outreach organizations that try to bring you back from the brink, but... At the same time, I don't necessarily think that it's any one person's responsibility to do that. Well, you have status quo, you have revolution, you have incrementalism, and I think they're all bad choices, right? And the question is, what's the fourth option? I'm not really sure, but like, I mean, it's like status quo. Well, that means not doing anything, and then hoping that something will overcome the problems that are built into the system and, and create a better world. And that kind of leads to incrementalism, which is like we can slowly tweak policies and see where they go, and go back and forth every four to eight years. And there's revolution. Like, well, clearly, you can't reform the 76,000 page tax code. You have to just burn it. But does burning that mean burning everything else down? Does it mean even burning down the IRS? Or does it mean we can just pass one goddamn bill that says, here's the new tax code, one piece of paper, here your fucking race, it's over. I, I don't know. Well, my proposition would be yeah. for the fourth option would mm -hmm. be aging out. I really think that like a problem exists where we're essentially like pigeonholed into living within a system that is run by people who have no idea how the modern world actually works. And so you have a bunch of like You're talking about gerontocracy. Right. You have right. You have a bunch of bureaucrats and you know, plutocrats that have all the power and the influence and they're far beyond their best years. And so at a certain point in time, if we can just hold off on making any crazy moves left, right, what have you, eventually there's going to be sensible, reasonable intelligent people that are able to get into positions of power and we're going to have some well, beneficial zeitgeist. well it's kind of like the zeitgeist to some extent i mean that's why like the new republicans and the new democrats whatever you want to say about them are more interesting than the old republicans old democrats new republicans are kind of like dan cranshaw and new democrats are kind of like aoc of course i don't like what aoc stands for but at least she stands supposedly for it even though she's a hypocrite and a piece of shit and all this other crap the point is she's at least promoting she's articulating very poorly a worldview sure. that isn't right. neoliberalism, <laughs> and yeah. uh, ugh. <laughs> well, I mean, so here's the thing too: is that like, I mean, honestly, like now that I'm like sitting here on this like you know soapbox, I think that to your point about like kind of like creating this third party or fourth party or you know whatever, um, it's it's actually better that we have young people like AOC who are so absolutely fucking batshit crazy and poor at articulating what their worldview and what their their principles are that people are gravitating towards that because of the same reasons that they gravitate towards someone like Donald Trump. Um, on the other side you have the QAnon guys and everybody else who goes that direction as well. 
And as we go further and further, Those people right, are fucking crazy. Well, as we go further and further left and right, that creates a new space for a third, fourth, fifth entrant into the marketplace of ideas. And we may actually get somebody who is representative of what I would think is the 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 path of least resistance to progress. You know, and that is getting rid of. I mean, the fact that you have like someone like Nancy Pelosi, right, who is well beyond her years, can't fucking articulate one reasonable policy position other than opposition now that the executive branch is occupied by a Republican in name only. Um, you, you, you end up having her reelected unanimously, essentially within her own party. And it's like, no, 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 there are like Democrats that could steward the party forward but they, they don't even have, like, the opportunity to speak up because it's just, oh, no, we we got you here. You're going to follow, you know, you're going to fall in line, this and the well, other. Yeah, the, party, the party sucks, but the, the, that's what the problem with political parties. It's all about, like, paying your dues and sucking dick and, and fucking, you know, and just waiting for people to age out and die. So, I mean, that's why we have, like, the new, when people talk about the new guard all too often, it's, like, people that are, like, 60 years old. I'm, like, that's the new, the new face. Yeah. I'm, like, that's that's pretty bad but but whatever we've talked before we live in a gerontocracy oh, what was that quote you said the other day Francesca about the bureaucracy is worse than the oh the bureaucracy is about his own mind like Jose Mujica oh Jose Mujica the, the, like the, the only the greatest socialist leader who ever lived who fucking ruled uh, ruled who governed responsibly in Uruguay so like, bureaucracy is worse than Burgess here bourgeoisie <laughs> the, the, that's, that's his line yeah yeah which it, it makes sense from the Republican as in, in the broad sense of what it means republicanism, the bureaucracy is one of the problems. Mm -hmm. it's, it actually, it's associated from the point of view of um, Spanish republicanism, it's associated with uh, socialist governments uh, to have an overwhelming um, bureaucracy. And, and, and of course, when we talk about bureaucracies, because there are a lot of secret things, uh, sometimes it's, that's uh, assumed it's, it's part of the deep state, but you don't need to go to the deep state. When you have a, a, a great bureaucratic machine in any state, uh, you're going to have a lot of secrets of state too. I mean, basically what happened here with the NSA situation, it was Northern Company, is just a country that was creating bureaucracy on top of the bureaucracy, on top of the bureaucracy, on top of the bureaucracy. Sure. Um, yeah, what's well, a FISA court? Yeah. I wasn't taught that in school. Yeah. <laughs> no, the what, what, what? A FISA court? Yeah. Is that the right name? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like that's not something I was talking about. Foreign <laughs> Intelligence Surveillance yeah. Act or whatever. Well, apparently they got 3,000 requests and they only said no to one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in Spain, for example, we had this, um, it's called a gag law, is one of these laws to protect citizenship, like this kind of thing. And so basically you can be like fined for almost everything that it wasn't a, that a crime before 2015. And a police report has the presumption of the truth. So if you are a cop and I am not, what you say is going to be considered truth, and right. yeah, yeah. I'm going to end in jail. Um, so we already had like uh, a ridiculous amount of people being fined for this law in 2015, 2016, and that was already problematic. Uh, a lot of specialists in the law they were very concerned in 2016, 2017, 2018, and then if you check the numbers of how many people is being like repressed by that law in 2020 with the pandemic, it just went to the training, but we don't talk about that. We're talking about, so if, if we had before like, I don't know, 2,000, we have now 200,000 people. 
uh, in, in line because they are violating this, this kind of law, uh, which is problematic and it's just putting bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy. I mean, that's definitely a problem, for sure. And I don't think it's just a Spanish problem, obviously. It's yeah. a problem here as well. I mean, it's kind of one of the main problems with like the theory of the unitary executive, where like the executive branch lords over all of these like three-letter agencies and can do as they please at any given point in time. You yeah, know? the creation of the agencies is, is, is highly problematic because there's no inherent authority to create those agencies. So it's like, okay, I'm running for president. I'm gonna do something easy. I'm gonna run some sort of identity politics that platform. This time it's gonna be who's fuck it, fuck the poor, war on drugs, and then we go with that. And then, and then you create the DEA. Okay, so now you create all these fucking big jobs, and they're all doing their bullshit, fucking big around, wasting, wasting money. <laughs> and then, um, and yeah, and it's just like you know, and then the president gets the nominee who gets to run the DEA, and like it's just turtles they, all the way down. They, the turtles all the way down. You can just over and over again. And then that's why you have like I mean that's why you have amazing things where like I love it when under two undercover cops bust each other from different like federal agencies and it's like I'm just waiting and that's why I love it that's been so, there's some amazing stories where like like undercover cop shoots other 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 undercover <laughs> cop right. and I'm like yeah. and they're like hey what the fuck man I'm a <laughs> yeah. person I'm like oh no, 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 you hey. hey you figured it out huh? <laughs> almost yeah. there almost, almost there, there. <laughs> I mean, in, in Spain we have us uh, in order to make because we have this problem too. So basically, you are going to a demonstration, and then uh, the anti-riot cops show up, and they start to beat somebody, and that somebody starts to say, "I'm, I'm, I'm a comrade. I'm a comrade." Because he were there and undercover in order yeah. to, you know, create the riot. Yeah, he provocateur. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, it's 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 problematic for sure. Uh, that actually. So I saw earlier today that uh, Carter Page, which was the entire like generation of the uh, the Trump Russia narrative and the dossier the steel dossier and all that stuff mm. and uh, now he's the P photos where are the P photos and now he's suing these three letter agencies for like 75 million dollars so the dude's gonna get paid because of our own ineptitude uh, and what's our he, inability what's he suing over sorry uh, the fact that he was uh, like unconstitutionally surveilled okay. because the the basis for the warrant that they got to surveil him was total bullshit. Whether it is or not remains to be determined. I don't really know. I, like, I can't speak on that, but um, yeah, the court of law will determine that, and I assume that it'll uh, work in his favor. They'll be like, here's a couple million dollars, go away. Yeah. Just to keep the machine rolling. Yeah, I mean, that's that the problem. We're talking about a machine, right? And like, once a machine is built, especially a machine that's kind of like a hybrid organism that wants to survive, like, can you really retrofit the machine, or do you have to destroy, break the machine, and then create a new machine? I mean, it, this is never. Well, the, I wish it was twenty forty five because I wish to know if singularity was true, so I wouldn't have to have this conversation. Like, I want, I want to know what, where we're really going. I mean, not to go too like too deep, you know, randomly. It's, it's just a thought because I'm drinking. Like, like I want to know if I'm spinning my wheels here. Like, am I just talking on my ass, waiting for twenty forty five to happen? Like, like if we're all cyborgs. I mean, <laughs> it is crazy though to think about because I mean at this point like I, I'm not sure that like you know you look at like the lockdowns and everything that we've had because of COVID and everything like that right yeah horrible the look at the rates of infection death serious injury that have resulted as far as like the student population right mm. they're basically nil mm. like you know, not even something that's statistically relevant 
but oh, for COVID because they're killing themselves for other reasons. But you, but you've <laughs> got you've got children that are out of school, right? That what are those people gonna are, be like, dude? And they're are exactly that's what I was gonna say. Like they're they're risking. Have you noticed anything with your daughter? Yeah, absolutely. I was just gonna say that. I mean, that was where I was gonna. That's what I was wondering because I, I wonder about my own daughter. For example, just with the fact that she's a baby, she needs to see people with face with their faces because that's how children mm-hmm. learn. And said, I'm walking around with a goddamn mask when we leave the house. That's why I don't. Like that's I'm like bring you to stay home with the kid so she can have a normal childhood because if you're out there shopping wearing right. that goddamn garbage bag over your face, like I don't I don't see the fucking point. Dude, it's like uh, the public school system they require them to wear masks twenty four seven. You know, not that they're there for twenty four hours. What what what, but... what are like an amazing like um like art piece for like silencing the youth? Dude, it, it's wild. Like mask. I mean, you sit there, you pull up to like pick your kid up. Every single person there is wearing a mask. Nobody objects to it. Nobody get out of fucking line. Or we're all like, gonna die of fucking COVID. Dude, the kids are like sitting there. They're 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 like they're waiting. Um, I'm like, how was your day? She's like, oh fine. I'm like, you know, how was recess? This that or the other. She's like, oh fine. I'm like, well, how was it wearing the mask? She's like, I don't even notice it. I'm like, it's a oh fucking Christ. Exactly. It's a like, 1984 Apple commercial. Yeah, I seriously. I mean, this is where we're at. Yeah, they're being trained. I mean, that's why. Again, we've talked about this on other podcasts. Like, like ultimately, I'm always looking down the line. Like, I'm always looking at the map. You know, right? Yeah, the map is not the territory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Sorry, before uh, I, I said some numbers about the the law, the gag law that we have in Spain. I, I didn't want to say like two thousand, two hundred thousand as the. I was making this up. I knew it was uh, higher, of course. And I was, I was, I was just taking my notes. So we had um, around three hundred thousand or something like that since the law was established in two thousand fifteen, and that was like. So you didn't exaggerate enough. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And that was like we were very concerned. But since April eighteen, we have around seven hundred thousand people being fined. Jesus in Christ. Spain. Since April eighteen this, this year. Fine specifically. What were they being fined for, for? Because they were violating uh, laws that they go. A loss. Sorry, they were committing fractions. No, no, they were committing fractions this year that they were going under this uh, repressive law, the 2015 law, citizen protection. You want to talk about laws real quick? I mean, like this kind of just being topical. I mean, today there were massive riots in France uh, because they tried to they're trying to execute a law that says. You cannot record the police. Yeah, and they go and they go. This is to. They literally said this is to protect police. From from public ire, for but yeah, but of course, like people are gonna like shit posts and docs, put cops get caught on tape, calling like black producers niggers and being the shit in their apartment buildings in their apartment. That's fucking problematic, mm-hmm. and it's actually good. I mean, even if they go overboard, I think it's good that there's some level of public outrage that the citizens can still be activated sometimes for the greater good. You know, it's like I don't know. I personally wouldn't go out and protest unless there was a lot of free beer and like, <laughs> but, but, but like, but like, but like, let's pretend like somebody just comes on. The, I mean, there's a tape that comes out tonight with like Joe Biden and Donald Trump like finger blasting some twelve-year-old girl as they like, and then they shoot her in the head, and it's like it's unequivocally compelling. Like, well, that's a reason to go out and like break something and yeah, nothing right, else. Sure. Not, don't just blog about it. I mean, fucking go burn something <laughs> down. Ideally, you know, government buildings. But like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can give you the address for the IRS. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll give I'll give France one thing because they they kind of go back and forth on a lot of different things, um, but the people definitely go out. <laughs> I mean, the Yellow Jacket movement, whether it's the Yellow Jacket movement or even their their anti-Israel kick or their fucking or their they're they're constantly protesting about yeah, something. <laughs> well, 
put it to you. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a. Uh, there was another weird article today. Uh, that 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 Chinese shell who's running Hong Kong. She bra- She was not bragging. She was talking openly. She goes, "Oh, I have like millions of dollars in my house uh, because I'm not allowed to do banking right now because I've been restricted because of the U.S. government." I'm like, "You just told everyone you have millions of dollars in your <laughs> yeah, fucking house." Right. I'm like, what the fuck are you thinking? You have a society that has a lot of homeless people. <laughs> yeah. Well, power doesn't necessarily translate directly to intelligence. We've known that. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. So I don't know. Anyone have anything else to say about something else? I don't know. Um, I can take a sip until something comes to my mind. That's how. That's yeah, how exactly. Works, right. But... Well, first of all, I mean, we're just here hanging out. We just figured we put it on we tape. We can go. Let's keep going. Oh. Okay. We got we got time to spare. Yeah, we're on the the third hour, the third half hour glass at this point, right? So we're like an hour, we're somewhere oh over God, an hour. Did this stop recording? You got to be kidding me! If it did, then I give up on this podcast. I can't read it because it's not backlit. Do you want a light? It says the card is full. Jesus fucking Christ! When did that happen? Oh my God! Okay, stop. <laughs> Unreal. Because we never delete anything on it. Maybe. No, you stop it. Let's, it's, let's see, it's, let's, it's gone. Let's see where it stopped. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are so bad at this. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Let's do a wrap-up real quick for the video. Maybe I'll be able to yeah, maybe. scavenge. Th- thank God we have the video. Well, Jesus as you Christ. know, we're a mom-and-pop operation, and uh, we're a fucking joke. It's just like your government. So. <laughs> <laughs> True words, never spoken. No, you honestly, heard it here honestly first. like, disregard females, acquire currency, start looking at a map, learn Portuguese. I don't know what they'll tell you. <laughs> You're on your own. God damn it. What a fucking time to be alive. Okay, so let's go back and see where it cut off. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stop this real fast. But you have the video as a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, but okay. last time I tried to, after he and I did ours, um, you couldn't, it was unintelligible.